for joining us on History Makers. Today we're speaking to former British MP Jonathan Aitken, who is a former British Member of Parliament, Cabinet Minister and ex-prisoner. He's a well-known broadcaster, lecturer and public speaker and is the author of 12 books, including the award-winning biography of President Nixon. Uh, he's also uh, got two volumes of autobiographies called Porridge and Passion and Pride and Perjury. So welcome to Australia, Jonathan. How are you? Well, it's good to be back. I think this is my... 18th visit to Australia, so um, I'm not a stranger, uh, but uh, I love coming here and seeing old friends. Now, uh, for those listeners who don't know much about your story, it's a fascinating testimony. Just want to share with, with our listeners a little bit about your background as a member of Parliament and then how you came to Christ. Well, I was for um, nearly a quarter of a century a uh, British member of Parliament, um, and my jobs in the uh, ministry of various governments, included being uh, a defense minister and then in the cabinet as chief secretary to the treasury. Um, I had uh, a sort of high-flying career, but I crashed uh, disastrously from that uh, high-flying career when I was caught telling a lie on oath in a civil libel action. And as a result of that, and you can imagine the media noise, uh, I was prosecuted for perjury, I pleaded guilty, and served seven months in prison. So I had um, a journey from the heights uh, to the depths, uh, but in the course of it, I um, did come into a living relationship with the Lord. Um, I didn't come easily into it. I spent most of my life being a half-Christian, which I now know is about as useful as being half-pregnant. At the time, I thought it was fine, you know, to kind of drop in and drop out, not be committed. Uh, but adversity is quite often the gateway to a deeper faith. And when I was going through what I sometimes call the very rough period of defeat, disgrace, divorce, bankruptcy, and jail, which is a pretty good royal flush of crises by anyone's standards, I started searching and um, after a bumpy ride eventually found a, a real relationship with the Lord. So that was how I came to Christ. I came to Christ uh, before I went to prison. So my uh, prison experience was, um, although difficult, was very much strengthened by having a faith as I was going through it. And then when I came out of prison, um, I rebuilt my life uh, in all sorts of ways, primarily as an author, but also I took three years out to go to one of Britain's leading theological colleges, uh, not with a view to being a minister uh, or a pastor, but just to really deepen my own knowledge of the scriptures and um, the Christian theology. And I do quite a lot of um, outreach speaking and voluntary work, particularly, of course, the cause dear to my heart is prison ministry, which is why I'm here in Australia helping Prison Fellowship Australia celebrate its 30th anniversary in various cities across the country. Okay, well, let me just take a step back. You, you mentioned that you uh, said a lie under oath. 
There's probably people out there thinking, what was the lie? What did he say? Are you able to confess it to us again? Yes, sure. Um, the lie was um, me saying in response to a journalistic inquiry um, about uh, the payment of a $1,000 roughly uh, hotel bill in Paris. I said my wife had paid the bill. Um, in actual fact, the um, bill had been paid by an old friend of mine, but he, um, besides being sort of a genuine friend and godfather to one of my children, he was of Arab origin, so the media uh, made this sound incredibly sinister. Um, it was a sort of Arab businessman pays bill of uh, defense minister. And um, in that accompanying media noise, I very foolishly, um, in, instead of just saying, sure, my, this friend of mine paid the bill, there wasn't anything sinister about it, I uh, said my wife paid the bill. That was the lie. And that uh, foolish deceit um, then lingered on into some uh, legal proceedings where I repeated it. Uh, and that's what uh, was the cause of uh, my downfall. It was uh, a lie about a hotel bill. And what was the sentence that you received? I was sentenced to 18 months in prison for perjury. I pleaded guilty, um, but I actually only served seven months, which is um, not unusual in our sentencing rules, that you serve less than half and get some time off as well. And what was it like in prison? Like, you're obviously a, a tall popper. You, you were quite a successful politician. Did you, did you get picked on a lot? Was it, was it really rough? No. Uh, I was very careful not to be a tall poppy. Uh, I, I sort of quickly just said I'm one of the community. Um, I've screwed up my life too. Um, and I actually didn't have any trouble in prison. I mean, there were some moments of shouting, but um, that's no worse than being in the House of Commons. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, I, I had a, um, a trouble-free, effectively, prison journey. It was painful at times, of course, because uh, your life is in ruins. But um, uh, it, it was um, it was uncomfortable and Spartan. But I, I didn't have any uh, terrible experiences. In fact, I had some rather positive experiences, um, not least in, in the chapel and with the, a prayer group I got into. Um, so it wasn't a wholly bad experience at all. And I probably, in a way, perhaps needed to uh, be broken before I could move on and do something new in life. It's protected for a purpose. I believe that. Mm. Um, I used to get uh, extraordinary large numbers of letters every day from people I didn't know at all saying, we are praying for you. And I came to believe that I was um, uh, protected in, throughout my time in prison against all predictions by a sort of supernatural war of other people's prayers. And you're out here in Australia for the 30th anniversary of Prison Fellowship. Uh, tell us, what's the message you're bringing to our nation? Well, Prison Fellowship does a superb job um, as a uh, probably the world's largest and most effective prison ministry. Uh, what do we do? Well, first of all, we try and um, bring the gospel to people in prison. Uh, when they come out of prison, we stretch out the hand of friendship in terms of rehabilitation, uh, meeting them at the gate, uh, getting them to rebuild their lives. Prison Fellowship Australia does a particularly good job in running camps for the children of prisoners, which um, very often results in them uh, avoiding following their parents' footsteps into a life of crime. 
But it's basically fulfilling the imperatives of the gospel about caring for prisoners, visiting them, um, and changing their lives through the transformation or power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and um, it's a very good ministry. It's in all the Australian states. Uh, some are bigger than others. But um, I'm there to help them celebrate and perhaps raise the profile a bit of prison fellowship, which incidentally is active in uh, 122 countries. Mm. So, Jonathan, being a campaigner for prison reform, I see here that in 2007 you were the key speaker at the Australian National Prayer Breakfast in Canberra. So since then, what developments are you aware of um, have happened in prison reform since you spoke those four years ago? Well, I think there is a growing realization all around the world, certainly in my own country, in Britain, and I think Australians are getting the message too, that um, in the various purposes of prison, which I think include protecting the public from dangerous people, which include punishment for wrongdoing, but there is a kind of third purpose, which is perhaps weakest, which is the rehabilitating of offenders, so that when they... um, come out of prison and start their new lives, they don't just go back into jail quite quickly, as so many of them do, because they um, get onto the uh, treadmill of crime and go back. So it's really changing and transforming lives, and Prison Fellowship uh, does wonderfully at that. Um, We also particularly help prisoners' families. There's a thing called Angel Tree, which is a scheme by which the children of prisoners receive presents with love from mum mm, nice. uh, or love from dad if they're in prison. And those prisons are, presents are very well organized under the Angel Tree Scheme. They range from sort of mountain bikes for a teenager to fluffy teddy bears for toddlers. Mm. Um, but it, it's sort of God's work. And I'm a trustee at um, international level of the parent of Prison Fellowship International, but um, I try and help out national ministries as I'm doing in Australia this week. Now, Jonathan, I heard some statistics recently that uh, 80% of inmates uh, tend to reoffend. We also heard that uh, I think 25% of inmates in Australia are uh, Indigenous Australians, and we need to uh, be praying for, for, for those, obviously. And, and then the third stat, stat I heard was that 20% of inmates have mental problems. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of uh, social issues involved with the inmates. Um, now, for me personally, there's a guy in my church that uh, got saved in prison a couple of years ago. He's just joined our church. He's come back to the Lord. He just got baptized. He's doing the Alpha course. What's your advice uh, for those who are reintegrating people into society after they've been uh, in, in that troubled scene? Well, the statistics you quote are broadly correct, I believe, um, So there's a big challenge here uh, about people who are, in a way, lost souls for various reasons. They're repeat offenders, or they've got social and um, sometimes uh, mental illness problems. And getting their chaotic lives straightened out is a big challenge. But I think uh, Christians are called to help them. And the very specific ways is that um, awakening somebody's Uh, spiritual beliefs and leading them uh, on the road to a good relationship with the Lord can be a very powerful ingredient in uh, rehabilitating them and stopping them committing crime because for the first time 
perhaps they have a, a sense of stability of right and wrong in their lives. Um, obviously, m mental illness is um, a, another uh, different part of the agenda, but that too it's very often consists of people who have uh, mental illness problems like depression, uh, which again can be hugely helped by the power of prayer. And um, mentoring uh, prisoners and ex-offenders really can be equated a lot of the time with just caring for them and loving for them and extending the hand of uh, good neighborliness and friendship and love towards people who are often, at the initial stages, quite unlovable themselves. But it's a true Christian vocation, and the more volunteers that will do it and the more people can get involved in this work, well, I think that's for the good of society as well as for the good of the individuals. Well, I just think it's such an important ministry, uh, reaching out to those imprisoned. Obviously, we know the Bible verse. Jesus said, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. You know, that's a pretty black and white part yes. of the gospel message. Um, now, um, the website, if people want to go to, is prisonfellowship.org.au. And uh, the website for your personal ministry is jonathan-aitken.com. And, uh, Jonathan, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming out to Australia uh, and uh, such an important ministry you're part of. No, thank you so much for having me on your program. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please, go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history. History Makers.